Good morning, listeners. You Love have reached the voice. Whoops. Good morning, uh, listeners. You have reached the Voices of the Cannabis Wars News Right from the Front Lines, where we are nothing but volunteers who are extremely determined to present you to the current news as to what's going on in this world. Because when we watch the regular media, we don't always get all the answers regarding cannabis cases and prohibition and things like that. So we talk about it through this radio show. Um, this show's been going on for a couple years now, um, actually maybe possibly three. I'm just going to give you guys a little rundown of the history because Mindy and I are about to make sort of an announcement. Um, but I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of history regarding the show. It's been going on for about three years. Um, about three years ago, I was the vice president for the Human Solution International, and Joe Grumbine and I, I was his co-host, and, and we had this show every Sunday. Well, um, when I left the Human Solution, Joe started a different show, so I kept on with this one, and Eugene Fisher, who served a life sentence in prison for cannabis, got out after 25 years, who was also part of the Human Solution. He, he also came along with the, came onto, the, onto this radio show with, with me, and Mindy, who Mindy Griffiths um, also came, jumped on board with this radio show. She was a producer of the show. Well, um, we've done this show now. I mean, I've been part of this show for about three years. Uh, Mindy's been part of it for a couple of years. Eugene Fisher just recently passed away, who keeps us going. Um, but it came to a time in, on the show where, you know, it's just not possible to continue throughout the winter season. Uh, Mindy has an issue where the town, she lives in a little tiny town where there's very limited Internet and she lives kind of in the woods, and there's no possibility for even an Internet connection. You have to drive into town every single week to get the show done. And it's getting to be where it's wintertime, and it's going to start snowing over there. So we're going to put the show on hold for the wintertime. Um, so this is our last show for the moment. However, we're going to, I'm going to do some different types of shows, maybe some one-on-one interviews and not a regular show, but when we when we need some information to get out there, we'll still have have the platform. But just this regular Sunday show is gonna is gonna take a a, a pause for for a while. So with that said, um, I just want to let you guys know that we've really enjoyed and kind of sad. We're gonna miss you guys, but we'll we'll hopefully be back soon. Um, and let you know that today we have a beautiful show planned for you. Uh, first, we're gonna talk to a veteran. Um, he's a war hero veteran, uh, Christopher Lewandowski, um, and he's been in the U.S. Marine Corps. Um, he completed three tours of combat um, overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was honorably discharged and came back and used cannabis to treat his PTSD and his injuries that he came about during while he was in the military. So with that said, he grew himself a couple plants, like literally I heard six and is facing up to five years now in prison, one of our veterans. And so he's, he's fighting a war, the cannabis war now, which isn't as familiar to our, our veterans as, as it is to some of us. So we're going to get what's going on with him. He's going to be calling into our show to give us an update. And what's really special is that he's not just a hero in the cannabis war or in the, in the, in the military, but he's a hero in our cannabis war as well because he had he was getting he was scheduled to get sentenced uh, about a week ago or so. And instead of taking it to sentencing, he asked, "Can I take this to trial?" And so he's going to be going to trial in January 
looking at one of the jurors to say not guilty, to believe in their hearts that nobody should go to jail for a plant and believe that that's a bad law because the juror cannot just judge if it's a bad law or not or if it was broken, but they can judge the law. And so he's going to be putting all of it out there in order for, to have a jury find to, and have to see what a jury has to say with it. After him, we're going to get a phone call from Craig Cecil, who is serving a life sentence in prison. He is working on his 15th year, 15 years in prison for cannabis. He's going to call into our show and let us know what prison is, is uh, how prison is treating him this week and a little bit more about his case. After that, we're going to talk to George Monterano, who lived in prison for 33 years and was just recently released about a year ago for his weekly segment, Georgie's Corner. After Georgie's Corner, we're going to talk to Amber Taylor. Amber Taylor's dad is serving life in prison for one joint. She's going to inform us on her segment, uh, War One, uh, Drug War 101 with Amber Taylor, and she's going to let us know how the war is affecting our families. After that, hopefully we'll hear from Stephanie Landa from Freedom Grow. And then after Stephanie, we're going to talk to Tom Corby. Tom Corby is a uh, chapter coordinator for the Human Solution International, and he's going to be giving us an update as to what is going on in this war in California. Um, so first, we've got to introduce the other host of the show, Mindy Griffiths. How are you this morning? Good morning, Kristen. I'm doing great. That's good. That's good. So for our listeners, um, Mindy um, has no internet. She's not working with very much internet capabilities this morning. So I will be screening calls. So Mindy is going to be conducting um, a lot of the interviews. So um, here we go. So Mindy, um, is there anything you want to say before we bring on our first guest? Um, no, I'm I'm looking forward to getting this show on the road today. Okay, okay, okay. Well, then let's introduce Chris Lewandowski. I hope that's how we pronounce his name. It, it seems like it. So let's go. Good morning, Chris. Hello. How are you doing today? Good morning. How are you all doing? Um, we're doing fabulous. We're good. We've been worried about you. We have a lot of our, our guests that just, just love you and don't want you to go to jail for a plant. And they, they've been coming on our show talking about this case. Yes, um, and to everyone out there that's listening, thank you so very much for the support and uh, and following along with the case. Uh, I do have some updates. Unfortunately, it's a little bit scarier than what you guys were able to just intro, but uh, we'll get to that uh, here in a second. Cool, cool. Well, I just want to let you know, Chris, that my father, he was a veteran, and he prescribed cannabis throughout Montana, and he went to prison, and he died for it. And uh, Stacy's uncle, he was a veteran, and he... He protected his plants and got shot down over 20 times over 20 years ago. So um, we have a lot of respect for you and the stand that you've taken um, in order to treat your your PTSD and what happened when you're when you're when you came back. And so we we really look up to you a lot and we really are enjoying talking to you this morning. Really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> where would you like to start? Well, I'd well, like to find. Um, those for those people who don't know your story, I'd like you to kind of start from the beginning. Okay, um, and I will do it as quickly as possible because uh, the story itself usually kind of takes a while. But um, so well, as you let said, me just I, tell I, you, we, we've got about twenty twenty to twenty five minutes. We have until Craig okay. Cecil calls in from prison, and as soon as he calls, our interview will just be interrupted and we'll be off. So we've we've got some time. Like I said, about twenty twenty five minutes. So go for okay. it. Okay, sounds good. So. Cool. Um, back in 04, I joined the Marine Corps. I was 22 at the time, uh, went in a little bit older. 
Um, I was actually pursuing a career in law enforcement when I did it. Uh, what that led to was going in the Marine Corps and loving it. I was, I was going to be a career Marine. Uh, everything about it just made sense. Uh, left on my third deployment to Afghanistan. First one was Iraq. Um, and then again, the third one in Afghanistan. When I got home, 2000 time, 2010 time period, the, uh, it was time for me to, to go and do something different. Uh, you're supposed to move your job every three years anyways. I had been at the same deploying unit for about seven years at that point. So like, hey, you got to go someplace else. So my last duty station was Oklahoma. A lot of people were confused on that aspect, thought that I was actually a citizen of Oklahoma and returning home after my time in the Marine Corps. Not the case. My last duty station was Oklahoma. I'm actually from California. So I was there. I wasn't planning on leaving the Marine Corps, but once I got there, the Army doctors that were at Fort Sill started looking at some of my injuries, and they didn't like what they were seeing. So they pushed the packet forward to the Marine Corps, and the Marine Corps in November of 2013 told me that I was no longer fit for duty. Um, that was a crushing blow for me, and that literally changed a lot of stuff for me and sent this already declining healthward uh, spine that I was on because it seemed as though I had all these injuries, and I had been living with most of them for the last couple of years when I was in the Marine Corps. But when I got to the Army, they was like, how are you doing this? This isn't possible. You should be adding more issues. And I literally, I was – it was a new prescription. It almost seemed like every week it was something new. And then it, at some point I literally feel like we got to the point that they were treating symptoms <clears throat> that were being caused by other meds. And it was just this nasty, horrible evolution that went on for about two years. Um, and in that process about March of 14, I attempted to grow my own medicine. Um, Again, it wasn't to make money. I wasn't trying to get anybody else medicine. Uh, I was concerned about my health and my health only at that point in time. Um, I had the six plants. I did not know what I was doing when it came to growing cannabis. Uh, from what I've been told off of some experts in the industry, they said that the plants were going to die anyways. Uh, farmers and whatnot have said that the actual plant health of the, the, the state they were in, they were just terrible. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so not only is it six plants, but it's it was six dead, dying plants. Again, I didn't have a large operation. I wasn't doing anything crazy. I had never grown before. I didn't know how to do it. And the main reason to grow was not, again, to for any type of gain. It was the fact that the only medicine they had in Oklahoma at the time was what is known as compact brick marijuana. And that's exactly what I think. Yeah. I don't even use the term marijuana anymore. I, I, I look at it as a complete slang, nasty word. And that's exactly what they have in, in Oklahoma is a marijuana product. They do not have a medicine. They do not have a cannabis in which that you could possibly heal from. And that's what I was going for. I was trying to replicate this medicine based upon watching YouTube videos and being taught. Well, pretty much all you got to do is put a seed in the ground and not do anything dumb. And you're going to eventually end up with medicine. And that's what I was going for. <laughs> Right. <clears throat> so what that turned into uh, is how you were saying uh, about two weeks ago, uh, and now again, this is a two-year-long case, which everybody is very frustrated that it's been two years, but over the course of two years, the case has slowly deteriorated from, I was told originally by a lawyer that the likelihood of me having any issues with Oklahoma was nil. I was just going to be essentially ordered never to go back to the state. And this was about a year and a half ago uh, when that comment was made. 
and that slowly turned into a week ago, I was looking at five years. I was walking into a courtroom. I was pretty sure that that was what was going to happen. And with the team that I was able to uh, get together over the course of the last eight weeks, we were able to get the plea reversed. Now, what happened was, so Oklahoma says uh, they wanted to give me two to life for cultivation of six plants. Um, one plant or 100 plants or 1,000 plants, the sentencing guidance is still two to, two to, two to life. Two Average years to your whole life. For your whole life. life for that. For one plant. You could get it for one plant realistically, if they wanted to. Um, I was told that the average was going to be about five years of plant. So I'm like, six plants, 30 years, this sucks. Um, push forward with some of my military background saying, hey, you know, is there any type of leniency, any consideration? And to our understanding, it didn't seem like we were receiving any out of the courts. Now, I can't say that that's exactly the case. It was just that was the impression that I was under. I was looking at the fact that I was about to leave my wife, um, the three children that I have here in California, my son in Colorado, without a dad for however long they decided to put me away for. Uh, in that process, I would lose all of my veteran benefits uh, from the VA being 100% uh, disabled uh, veteran, uh, as, well, as well as my education benefits. We would lose our house uh, because my wife uh, is a stay-at-home mom. She takes care of our kids so I can go to school and essentially try and rebuild me so that I can go out and be successful in the civilian world, which is not a very easy thing for veterans to do, period. So doing it on top of the school has been very difficult. <laughs> or the school on top of all the cases has been very difficult. Um, well, yeah, so, what you're telling me is just heartbreaking. I just have to tell you, I, I, I just, it's heartbreaking. You're, well, I mean, Six plants in Oregon for a medical patient is what they, you know, what they get. And you, I mean, you the were in the wrong state. state. <laughs> and then, uh, so I've I've said it numerous times because uh, I've talked to a lot of people. I was incarcerated for about forty days total because of this so far. And in that time period, I've, I mean, some of it was in California, some of it was in uh, Oklahoma. We didn't touch on the fact that they sent the marshals after me. Um, we can cover that again, but. Um, and again, they sent them after me because of a bench warrant. But they, my at that point in time, actually, we should talk about that because I had a bench warrant out of Oklahoma. Uh, they said that I was a dangerous felon, um, and they sent a bunch of unmarked officers after me at a school in Orange County, California, because of my military background. The lead officer on scene said that because I, because the report they got said that I had deployed three times. I was familiar with multiple weapon systems. At that point in time, I was now an extreme threat. So when they, so they came sent a after, militia after you, essentially <laughs> yes. I mean, I thought literally I'm asking them if they're bail bondsmen because they're showing up and they're not wearing anything. There's no badges. All of this is just a bunch of unidentifiable men with guns. Two of them got out of a tow truck. I mean, that's how undercover they were when they came after me. And I'm like, literally, like, what did I do? I don't even understand what's going on. And that led to 20 days of incarceration in California. What I was leading to is that in that time of talking to these people being all over the place, uh, you know, uh, an individual told me, you know, there's always something to be learned from your case. At some point in time, you're going to realize what it is. You know, it happens for everyone. And it did. My reality of the situation is that I should have waited. I am wrong simply because I was being retired from the Marine Corps on June 29th. I didn't know that until March. 
but I was being retired June 29th. They found the plants in my home on June 1. Realistically, if I would have retired from the Marine Corps uh, without doing that and just come to California, I would never have had this issue. Um, the reality of the situation is that my life was spiraling out of control, um, and I was literally grabbing at anything that could potentially help me. Uh, and I had a family friend who was a cannabis patient and allowed me to try or, you know, gave me a little bit of cannabis here in California when I was out visiting after son was, after my son was born and it helped. I had instant mobility again, literally within a little bit of, uh, within the one time use, my body did not feel rigid like it did on the opiates. Um, I found that I wasn't needing opiates as I was slowly starting to introduce it into my body. Um, and then you know, 18 months later, pharmaceutical free again, but it's a long process. A lot of people have asked me how it happened and it hasn't been easy. There's been a lot of ups and downs, you know, it's not, it's a very scary situation for my wife. You know, she has faith in pharmaceuticals because there's times that she's seen them calm me down, but she also saw the terrors that it put me through. So for even for her to, to get her to accept and be okay with me saying, Hey, I want to try just cannabis. We're not going to have any pharmaceuticals. Let's see where that goes. I mean, it was a very, very, very long thought out process of how to use this properly as a medicine. And again, back in Oklahoma, there was just no recognition of that. And do I feel bad that I didn't wait? Yes, because I know that I wouldn't be dealing with the, with the legal issue. Am I also not sorry, though? Absolutely. Because real, realistically, I don't know that I'd be alive right now if it wasn't for cannabis. In fact, I'm almost – I'm – very willing to say that the only reason why I'm alive right now is because of cannabis. I have dealt with the issues of suicide. I've been hospitalized twice. I was on a forced hold in Long Beach uh, for mental health uh, twice in a month. So the again, I look at it that it is a it is a medicine that is allowing me to live. It's not a toy or or something to be played with, um, which. In my opinion, if it was, though, it's safer than alcohol, so have at it, which is why I agree with Colorado's stance on it, but Agreed. me personally, right. me, me, me personally, it's not, a, it, I, there was a time, you know, before I ever went in the Marine Corps, you know, I tried it a couple of times as a kid, and, you know, that was for fun. I didn't understand there was a healing process to it or power to it. Now, uh, I firmly believe in it, uh, just knowing that I can use cannabis and get the relief for pain. And not ever fear of destroying my liver because that happened. You know, they had to swap me from one type of a pain med to another because of the liver damage they were causing. So it's a it's a very nasty, messed up thing. So again, we kind of got off track. But so as far as the story goes, coming into a week and a half ago, now uh, the judge allowed me to reverse my plea. In that process, the prosecutor. Um, decided to add two additional charges now two years later. Uh, and in that process, wow. he's now saying, yeah, he is now saying that I committed, a, uh, he's alleging that I committed assault and battery with a deadly weapon, um, which we're trying to figure out if that was the case. And that's such a serious offense, why it wasn't introduced in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> and it, I've, I've been told that the main thought process is that, you know, they're upset. This has gone on for two years. Now people were hearing about it, and people were upset about it, and again, he felt like he needed to do some type of retaliatory. Uh, so he did that, and then uh, the other one is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful story. So in 2003, I'm in the police academy in Colorado. 
I need a firearm to complete the police academy. I'm not even 21 yet at the time, so I can't buy my own handgun. So my family, for the purposes of me going to the academy, gives me my grandfather's 357 revolver. Uh, this is shortly after he passed away, and he raised me for a couple of years. We were very close. Um, I bring it to the instructors of the academy, and they say, hey, you can't use a revolver. You need a, um, a semi-automatic pistol because of reload drills and different things like that. So I literally take this gun. I put it in the hard plastic case that it's in, and it's now in storage. So it goes... You know, this is 2003. I do 10 years in the Marine Corps. I'm now in Oklahoma, and I have this firearm sitting above my bathroom toilet in this same hard case, covered in dust, never had a round in it. I've never shot the thing, never wanted to. It's just a family heirloom. He is now introducing that I was in possession of a firearm while committing a felony because my, my grandfather's firearm in my bathroom, 1,500 square feet away from the garage in which... Uh, they're saying that the cannabis plants were. So how that says that I was in possession of a firearm while committing a felony, I have no idea. Again, if you um, I think that's, that that's a tool. I think that's a, I think that's a tool they use to get convictions. Um, we've seen that in a lot of our plant prisoners' um, uh, cases, and yes. I think it just it it scares the jurors. I think to make the jurors think that you're you know you're armed and dangerous or something. I don't I don't understand that, but. Well, I think it's also it. they want to throw as many different charges and get something to stick. You know, the yes. the prosecution, um, you know, they're, how well they do their job is how many convictions they get. So, uh, you know, absolutely. that has a lot to do with it. No, and uh, again, I figured as much. And my issue is that coming from this the civilian standpoint, I guess, when it comes to the legal world, like most people are, you know, they're not really inundated. They're not a lawyer. They're not a criminal. They're just a civilian looking at the outside in. And I don't know that a lot of people will understand that and, and be able to make sense of it as far as why he's adding the additional stuff in and doing those different things. Um, the scary part is that because of him adding those in, what happened was is I was looking at five years as a max in sentencing a week ago. And oh saying that – if they shut me up, gave me five, even if they didn't give me any time, they wanted me to be a felon. Uh, and that ruins everything for me as far as school, different things like that. So it was a big issue. It was like, no way. Um, and then realizing that I could lose my veteran benefits. They didn't tell me that if I got locked up with a felony for more than 60 days, I lost all VA pay. And that was like, no, wait a minute. We won't be able to survive. We have to figure something else out. So these are my family issues, but then the realization that there's veterans across the U.S. that are running into this issue. We have, you know, veterans in California have access to meds like there's no tomorrow, but there is no acceptance of it. Um, people are persecuted. They lose their jobs. They're, uh, I have a very close friend who I think maybe four people in the entire state of California know that he uses cannabis as a veteran because he's so afraid of being persecuted for it. That's not right. That's what I'm hoping to, to change and and fight with my process because re realistically the sentencing now is 10 to life for me if convicted because the so, gun so charge Chris, is a mandatory that's going to come down to one okay in Oklahoma the, the place where you live at your community mm -hmm. one of those jurors is, is going to be able to say not guilty because we have right now we have over 50 people 
across the U.S. that we know of, there could be more, serving life sentences because they went to trial and were found guilty because they broke the laws. But it's yes. going to take one of those jurors, just one, to say, no, this man does not. And they're not even going to know that you're, ser- that you're facing a life sentence. They're not even going to yes. realize what, what is really in, that your whole life is in their hands. So, and that, that's um, the reality of the situation. Um, now, as you were just saying, now with the jury nullification, because I know that you guys just said that you wanted to talk about that, we're at a kind of a a holding pattern in what element, and we're waiting for the um, criminal lawyer to get back in contact with me because it was explained to us this way when it comes to Oklahoma. There's a lot of people in Oklahoma City. There's a lot of people in Tulsa. The rest of the state has a lot of people, but they are everywhere. It's like a birdshot shotgun blast at the board. Uh, with jury nullification, their thought process is the only way we'd be successful is if we literally took it to an early 1900s political campaign and went door to door. The other option would be to, because Oklahoma is an open record state, we could get we could pay for records of registered voters. That's also who they pull for for the uh, jury duty. And mail letters out that way because that's we have essentially okay. we can't do a big campaign and and lot and expect to see to get everybody that could be a juror to hear that because there's so many people that live in the sticks. So yeah. the other side of it is is that we're pushing the medical necessity. Um, now, my fear is that it can get confusing if we're pushing during application and medical necessity because they're two completely different things and different thought processes. What I didn't understand and that I hope some of the listeners will help air out is that the medical necessity defense uh, has to be approved. It's not guaranteed that it can be used as a defense in the courts. If they don't allow me to use that as a defense, essentially I'm walking in there blind and we will have to rely solely on jury nullification. Um, Right, right. So well, we don't want that to happen, so, but again, at the same time, we don't want to confuse people and say, oh, go during nullification, and people are trying to nullify uh, a medical necessity that's working. In, because a jury nullification isn't going to help veterans across the state. It's going to help my case, and I may not have to deal with it anymore, but as far as the rest of the world being able to no longer fear that persecution, I realistically think that if we can make a change in Oklahoma – um, that it would, it's going to be very impactful for the rest of the U.S. Uh, the well, here's the thing. I got to call you. I was going to say, Chris, that if I hear what you're saying about jury nullification, but the the thing is, is every time a jury nullifies these laws, they add up, and it makes case law that does help other um, people. And and in the past, jury nullification is has for being uh, part of the process, you know, part of what happens in courtrooms regularly. That's how we got rid of alcohol prohibition. Um, so you know, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but um, if it does fall on jury nullification that saves you, I just want you to know that, that it's, it's going to have a bigger ripple effect than maybe what you feel at the moment. And, and you know, I'm really actually happy to hear that because it hasn't been presented to me. It was pretty much the way it was presented to me is that jury nullification was an element that we would use to essentially um, get it, get my case dropped if if needed. But I was told that there was a real good potential that they could 
recharge me or something along those lines. They could re-administer, yeah. come at me a different way um, because they of could. the multiplication. They, they could, um, but here's the thing. If they, if they probably won't get the conviction. If they don't get the conviction the first time, they usually just let it go after that. But here's the thing. You're using the medical defense. That's going to lead to the non-guilty verdict, which is yep. jury nullification. So one is one is actually helping the other one. So okay. um, when you're, yeah. So when you're showing, okay, I, I got this medical defense. The jurors get to hear that defense, and then they get to use jury nullification to vote not guilty. So they're going hand in hand. Um, jury okay. nullification is 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 what happens at the end of end of a trial after your medical defense is presented to all of them. That's when they go back and they decide: is this guy guilty of breaking this law or not? Well, he has this medical defense. I don't think he should go to jail. So let's vote not guilty. Because then, if you're voted guilty, you're going. You're going. So it's it's yeah. kind of it's kind of working among right side by side with each other. That defense is going to help that not not guilty verdict come come shining through. So um, we, I just want to let you know that at any point Craig could call in. So I want to find out um, when is your next court date? Because here's the thing: it's strong presence of uh, witnesses in the courtroom is going to help those jurors. Uh, feel compassion for your case as well because they're going to say, hey, something's wrong. This guy's got a whole courtroom full of people. So we want to make sure we uh, we try to get as many people as possible. So when, if people are listening from Oklahoma, when and where is your next court date? Can they show up and, and help support you? Yes. As of right now, okay. we are set to – we are doing um, some pretrial stuff on the 13th of January, but the actual trial is set to start on January 30th of 2017, Comanche County Courthouse, Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, and that, uh, yes, again, so the 30th, and, and and the only thing that would vary that is if something changed. But as of right now, that would not be on our part. Uh, I had to let the judge know that I would, there would be no reason why I would not be there on the 30th of January, that I am ready and willing to push forward with the trial. The district attorney tried to say that because I had some representation issues that I was essentially procrastinating this case and trying to, I don't know, slow everything down. Miss, I don't know. He didn't like oh. it, so he expressed his frustrations to the judge. We had a case out here in Olympia, Washington. It was the Williams Kurtz case, and he basically was found with 13 plants, and he didn't have a medical card, but he could still rely on the medical defense in Washington. And he was facing all, he was really an older man, very sick, and he was facing a lot of time. And he said he was going to go to trial. And we fought and fought and fought for the medical defense to be used. And when it, when they agreed to allow him that medical defense in his trial, the prosecutors didn't think they would win the trial and they instantly dropped the case. So I, I think that if you're allowed to use it, the prosecutors might be scared and let it go. And just like what happened here, but you guys, we've got Craig calling in. So Mindy, do you want to talk to him, talk to Chris for just a second while I answer Craig's call? Hold on. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, before I, uh, we let you go, I want to thank you very much for coming on and talking to us about this. Um, your story, thank unfortunately, you. is, is something that happens to so many people all over the country. I also want to encourage you to check out FIJA.org, um, the Fully Informed Jury Association. Maybe get in touch with Kristen Tynan um, and find out more about this jury nullification and ways to, you know, because you can get in trouble for jury tampering if it's Hello? not done right. So yes. I just wanted to suggest that to you. Yes. And thanks again, Chris. Okay. Thank you. And is Craig on the line? Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, he's on the line. 
I, I've talked hello, to him before hello, with Joe, so I just want to say, Craig, so good to hear your voice again. It's Chris Lewandowski. We talked before on another program. Glad to hear you're here. I'm going to listen in. Um, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, good morning, Craig. Sorry, Keith. Pardon? Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Uh, Terre Haute is sunny and warm this weekend. Uh, I think we're going to have a good time. <laughs> but the uh, the president commuted ninety mo- ninety eight more uh, prisoners this week. I have, we heard. What what's going on? Well, the the only odd thing that I kind of noticed out of it is two of the people that were both lifers that were commuted were both people that I know fairly well. One of them, um, I was in the county jail with, so we. We were essentially uh, cellmates for about a year and a half. And we went wow. back to court together. So, you know, we we got to know each other fairly well. This was a, a family man who had a, a job, a home, a wife, children, you know, all that. But he did uh, mess with drugs. He messed with uh, methamphetamine. And he used methamphetamine. But, uh, but he had had two prior run-ins with the law for minor meth charges and I I don't even think they gave him probation for him they gave him a, a fine and that was that well the one that he was in federal court for would amount to being his third drug conviction so they made it a mandatory uh, minimum life sentence they gave him a life sentence this was back in 2012 uh, 2012 pardon you said 2012 Together. Uh, the, other, the other gentleman uh, was a gentleman I was at uh, FCI Greenville with, and this man um, lived in the inner city around East St. Louis, Illinois, kind of a rough area. He's a member of a street gang, and he had a list of prior convictions, including uh, violent convictions and including drug convictions. His case involved a street gang selling drugs. And they had even killed a competitor. I mean, so there was somebody killed as part of his case. And uh, these were two people that were both on the clemency list this week. The man with the the wife, the kids, the yeah. family, you know, and all that, his sentence was commuted to 30 years. The other man with the, the street gang tie was commuted to go home next February. Yeah. I, it just seems counterintuitive. I mean, I, I can't say why. You know, I, I, <laughs> they need to find different decision makers. I'm not impressed with their ability to to, to grant commutation. I mean, none of our plant prisoners are hardly ever on the list. I mean, we, once in a while they are, but hardly ever. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm glad he's doing it, but... Now, either man should have a sentence more than 20 years. I mean, no drug offense should carry over 20 years. Right. But, you know, but the man, and this, this may be what separated him, the man with the crack cocaine sentence and all the violence and the killing, he's the one going home early, whereas the man on the methamphetamine case, he's the one that still has another 15 years in prison now. It doesn't make I can't fathom, you know, is that really what separates the two? 
man, Craig, I'm mind-boggled, too. I don't know what to think about that. And, I mean, and we all know that Tony Biscaro, who could be more deserving oh. of, of, you know, some mercy than him, you know? He's, he's, okay, for our listeners, I just want our listeners to know, Antonio Vasquez is serving, I believe, his 38th year. He's the longest federal inmate, longer than anybody. And um, he's, like, 78 years old. And he's in there for cannabis. And he was denied clemency. And, and again, his case, uh, <laughs> from what I know of it, there's, there was nobody hurt, nobody threatened. There, there was no no victim, you know. No. In fact, you know, um, uh, Eugene told me a story about, about him, and he used to fly it over into our country. Um, he's a Cuban war hero, and so he's known for being, he was known in the, back in the day for being able to fly the cannabis in on a, on a low, on, on the airplane, because he, he could fly the airplane really close to the ocean. So he was unable to get detected through the through their detectors. So um, he's a he was one of our heroes, that's for sure. But especially in this day and age, where marijuana is so widely ex, you know accepted, you know, how can people look at him and say, no, he's too dangerous, he has to stay in? I know. Yet a street gang member, whose street gang, as part of their drugs activities, killed somebody. He's the one going home. <laughs> I just, oh, I just so, what, so what's going on with your case, Craig? What's going on with what? Your case. Have oh. you heard anything? Yes. Uh, I'm still battling with uh, the court down in Georgia. Now that they gave me an opportunity to refight my case through some of the bizarre things they did, I think they've realized that after they did it, because <laughs> they were trying to block me out of clemency, I believe. But uh, now they're really fighting me to keep me from fighting them. It's, it's gotten to be... This call is from a federal prison. I know I can win this, and I'm doing everything to make sure I can. <laughs> so it, it's taking a lot of work, but they're they're adamantly fighting just to make it so that I can't fight back and I can't get another court to look at what my sentencing court did to me. It's it's really a an odd situation, uh, but unfortunately, typical down in Georgia where my case you know comes from. But uh, wow. they, they, uh, the judge has uh, made some maneuvers and uh, over the last week uh, just to try to block me off from getting his decisions reviewed. But I think what? I can prevail on. <laughs> it, it, it seems like. Freedom shouldn't be that hard to find. When you're never hurt anybody, it shouldn't be that difficult. No, and and like I say, but unfortunately, the way that a lot of federal procedure works, um, it's it's very much tilted in favor of the government, and especially in favor of uh, allowing a judge to do whatever they want. And on top of that, as you know, a federal judge, when he gets appointed. He's uh, nominated by the president and approved by the Senate. And then he has his job and his salary, including raises for the rest of his life. They are appointed for life. Wow. Yeah, that's what it is. The sentencing judge, my my dad's judge was 87. My judge is about that age right now, and he became a 
a federal district court judge in 1970. So, <laughs> I mean, that was a different world back then. <laughs> yeah. But what what really never ceases to amaze me is how hard he'll fight, you know, to protect what he has to know is wrong. <laughs> I mean, he well, knows so much what happened in my case was wrong, and now his efforts are put in the keeping me from being able to get them reviewed by somebody else. I, like I say, I I plan to prevail on that. <laughs> but it, it's insane that, you know, a judge would even do that. You would think they would uh, be of the mind that, you know, no, you know, I want to be correct. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be reviewed. But nope, down there, or at least with him, it, it's exactly the opposite. Well, it's encouraging to me that he's trying so hard to silence you because it sounds to me like you have, you know, you have some valid points that he's worried is going to make him look bad. So that's kind of encouraging. Okay. I got caught off in limbo somewhere. <laughs> no, we're and still here. Electronic one. <laughs> okay, Mindy. Now Mindy I... just sent me a message saying I left, and I don't. They think I was doing something wrong here. Okay. You guys are back. Okay. I saw. Okay. Okay. Well, we're all back. I understand the news today is they're starting to sell recreational marijuana in Alaska today. So <laughs> there is progress in the world. Yes, there has been progress in the world. So, how are your are you healing, Craig? How's your stitches and all of that? The one concern that uh, I've heard from people is that they're worried about several of the ballot initiatives regarding marijuana that people are going to vote. From my understanding, some of these have so many restrictions that uh, the decriminalization isn't really there as much as the overregulation is instead there. And I, I'd wonder if you know if you've been keeping up with, with a lot of that. Well, I know there's something going on down in California. There's there's an initiative that makes it legal in California, and all the activists are against it. It's my understanding that it's so heavily regulated and so heavily tilted to just a few select people that the people that are really for, you know, just an all-out deregulation, decriminalization, you know, make it like alcohol where it's it's regulated, but, you know, it's... It's permitted. I mean, just get the government out of the way. But from what I understand, there's so many restrictions and details and, you know, just things they abhor in this new law that a lot of them are are afraid of uh, enacting it, that it would actually, you know, over-restrict the distribution of marijuana. Uh, I I don't know. I know out here they're talking about they made, like, millions and millions of dollars off of it so far and what gets me is 
that the federal government collects tax off of it. And they sent my mom to prison for money laundering. And they seem to be, in money laundering, the definition of it is taking an illegal substance money that profits from illegal substance and puts it in their bank account, which in my opinion is the same thing that the federal government is doing while they're sending all our people to prison for doing the same thing. You're exactly right, because what else? <laughs> even the best-known states of Colorado and Washington, what are they doing with all that marijuana tax revenue? They're, right. They're laundering it right into the state tax coffers with all the other tax money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it's a it's a mess out there. I just I don't know that the federal government, in my opinion, and the judges and their prosecutors and it all it all rides right up to the president. And it worries me that our new president coming in isn't going to respect the drug war any any more any less than the past president. And it's just going to continue. I'm I'm really scared for that part of part of the future part part of the future of our nation because I really haven't heard any of them talk about the drug war at all. No, I've I've noticed neither candidate has commented about the overpopulation or over incarceration of prisoners. Neither one of them has, you know, said that they they see any of that. They, what they both. Uh, rallied in support of is just hiring way more law enforcement officials and locking up way more people. Both yep. Trump and Hillary have called for that. And that scares me. Uh, we're in here right now. I don't really want a whole lot more people. But as you know, the phone's going to hang up in a few seconds. And um, again, I want to thank you for shining a light on me and others of us uh, on this side of the fence and this side of the razor wire. Because uh, that's Be where blessed. help is already starting to come. Thank you, Minnie. <laughs> we love you, I love you, too. I love all your help and all the listeners. All right, you guys, that was Craig Cecil serving his 15th year of his life sentence in prison for cannabis. And like we sit here and talk, and, you know, we got all this stuff going around us going on but you know there are people suffering in our country in prison that really shouldn't be there so we got to think about them and honor them especially because today is Sunday and it's the time where we have to have to put focus on what's really going on in this world and escape from our everyday life and put forth towards our world a better our efforts in order to make it a better place so Mindy, we're waiting for George uh, Monterano to call in. I spoke with him yesterday, and he said he'd be calling in this morning, but he's so far about two minutes late. Um, so once in a while, I remember last week he called in and said that he was he couldn't call in the week before because he had no reception and he was on a horse. So um, I guess there's always yeah, a possibility that you never know what kind of adventure George has gotten himself into. And so <laughs> any time. Anytime he doesn't make it on the show, I imagine he's doing something pretty spectacular or he would have made it. <laughs> For sure. Well, oh, my gosh. Mindy, we got a couple people getting out soon. Um, we've got Chris Williams and Eddie Lepp. Eddie just did yes. served his 10-year sentence. And, you know, Eddie, that's the thing that bothers bothers me is that we've tried to get Eddie free on a few different levels. Motion to the judge to do this or let this go or whatever. He's been denied. His appeal was denied. His uh, 
uh, what was it? His application for a medical. What what is that called? Uh, where they get out for the medical oh, release? Um, yeah, uh, medical discharge or, or no? That's probably military. Yeah. I'm confusing things. Um, um, a medical <laughs> commutation. Kind of. I think oh, that's not the word. Kind of. No, I've lost my then, my. I personally helped write a letter for Eddie, and um, there's a team of us that got together because there's this letter you have to submit to the warden to prove that you're sick. And anyway, it didn't work. They they didn't let him out for that either. He's just they just letting him grow to be an old old sick man, you know, as if his life he, doesn't he doesn't uh, matter. His picture his picture is is pretty. Uh, Telling, I mean, you can kind of see what kind of a person I've never met Eddie Love. I know a lot of people, especially in the Northwest, have, but um, you know, it, it, his picture looks like he's kind of a shorter guy with and he's got this long silver hair and big old beard, and 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 he was wearing shorts and short sleeves, so his arms and legs were all full of tattoos and big old smile on his face and a, a wooden <laughs> cane and. He he looks like you know just a sweet old hippie grandpa you know I it just blows my mind that he's still stuck in there but not for long December seventh he will be getting out. Yeah, Mindy, I remember. Um, so Eddie was known for a whole bunch of plants. He grew he grew he had like a mountain I believe that he was living on and he was growing hundreds and hundreds of plants. Um, and he was very known for his cultivation. In fact, Eddie and Jack Tara apparently were really close friends. And the way I came across Eddie is I was volunteering at the at a at a at a market in Tacoma, a cannabis farmers market. And in fact it was the world famous cannabis farmers market. And a girl that, that ran the place, Kitty, her and Eddie were really, really close friends and I met Eddie through her. And um <laughs> I got a letter from Eddie. I didn't even know him, and I got a letter from him, and he said, I heard about your dad, and he said, it made me remember the time I was in prison, and I found out that my good friend Jack Hare passed away. He said, your dad your dad is a war hero, and said some other sweet things to me, and that's how I met Eddie, is he sent me a letter about my dad, and I thought I was touched, and I had started to fight for him ever since. Um, so... I'll be, I never knew him before that, and so I'll be extra excited to see, you know, he's elderly, prison's clearly taken a huge toll on his life, I see pictures before and pictures after, and like, I meet people, oh my gosh, Eddie Lepp has so many friends, everybody talks about him on stages, he's got a lot, a lot of following, and I see why, he really is a, a good person, I've seen it, so, um, Freedom is coming for this man, and it's crazy. It's scary to see that, like, the how he was before, and now he's getting out ten years later. Um, because he had to serve his whole sentence, not because he was freed. It's because he he served his time for the plant. So we really got to welcome him back into the world. Oh yeah, and I asked him, does he need clothes or anything? Because he did lose everything in a fire while he was in prison, where his things were being held at. There was a fire, and he lost everything. So if you want to help out Eddie, um, you can go to his Facebook page, Free Eddie, Eddie Lepp, and I run the page, so I'll be able to um, help coordinate maybe some clothes or just some little little things he's going to need. At first, he's going to be in the halfway house. He's not free on December 22nd. He's just 
out of his federal, the federal penitentiary to a halfway house. And there he'll probably spend anywhere from two months to a year, depending on how quick it takes him to get a job and how he if he follows the rules. They're stupid, they're stupid rules, I'm telling you guys. <clears throat> um, but I do believe that he can have some money, not too much money, but he can have money for vending and things like that. So if you guys do want to um, help out Eddie, send me a message to his or my Facebook page, uh, Free Eddie Lep, and um, maybe we could get some clothes donated or something that he can he can wear into this world. And then, okay, and then there's Chris Williams, Mindy, a very good friend of ours. Um, Chris Williams, who was my dad's business partner. Oh, my gosh. So let me tell you guys about that. My dad's business partner, well, he was one of his business partners, the one that didn't snitch, the one that went to trial. The rest of them snitched. And check this out. One of my dad's business partners was a medical marijuana attorney, okay, and the other one was the lobbyist that got the medical marijuana laws passed in Montana. And guess what? Okay, my dad, they wouldn't let my dad was trying to go to trial. He was facing 144 mandatory minimum years. They wouldn't let him go to trial because he said he had dementia. Well, they let him take a plea, so don't, I don't understand that. But my dad was forced to plead out. So Chris went to trial. Chris had planned, planned on taking it to trial. And his co-defendant, after my dad died, snitched on Chris Williams in federal court. It said that he grew and sold cannabis. Same thing that they did, but because they used him as witnesses against Chris, they got absolutely no jail time at all. So, you know, after my dad died, I was like, that's messed up. I watched what my dad, my dad loved the company, like to the bottom of his heart. My dad gave all of his profits back to the company to get it built up. And he did it for the patients. My dad's thing was patients first, patients patients first so Kristen, um, Kristen, I, if I yes was I am I right in that your dad was the first legal caregiver in the whole state of Montana yes yes he was I the read first that. legal I caregiver I read that. yep my, there's a lot of things yeah. my dad did first and that was one of them he my dad was a true a true hero I'm telling you he he was he was everything and my dad helped get the laws passed too um all of them did Chris was a big advocate and, you know, Chris Lindsay, they thought having him in the company would help the company because he was a, a an attorney. He was a medical marijuana attorney in Montana. So who better to go into business with? Well, that turned out to be a dead end when he snitched on everybody. But um, Chris went to trial. And in fact, I was there for the trial. And we have Stephanie Landry who comes on our show every week. She was there for the sentencing. And after the trial, like it was so wrong what they were doing to him that, you know, Stacy got her bus and Everybody took a journey from California up to Montana for the sentencing, but um, it hurt. It hurt to see them all turn against each other. And the same thing I saw in Lance's case, the same thing we saw in everybody's case that goes to trial, because they need, in order to go to trial, they need witnesses. They need the jurors to believe what they're telling them. And if once they can convince the juror that they committed a crime, then they're going to get a guilty out of them. Even though they don't want to stay guilty, they're going to because they put so much intimidation on them. That's what we really got to know about our jury rights is because Chris would not be in prison today if the jurors knew their rights. And I believe the same thing in Lance's case, and I believe the same thing in all these cases. It's just one way that, you know, Chris wouldn't have to go. But Chris was facing 96 mandatory minimum years. But right after Chris went to sentencing, um, when they found out basically that the bus was coming, <laughs> They made a deal with Chris, and they said, well, you know, we can't give you 96 years. How about if you promise, basically, sign this agreement, 
saying that you won't take and appeal your case to the higher courts. We will lower your mandatory minimum because he was going to get sentenced to at least 96 years. That was the lowest he was going to get. So instead of giving that, they, they said, okay, well, if you don't go and take this to the next level, we will settle with you for five years. First time ever, 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 ever in history, the government has went and did a post-sentencing plea deal after, after a, a trial. Chris made history on that one. And so you know, Chris Chris not they're, get- using, they're using people's lives as the bargaining chip. You know, they took Chris's rights to um, appeal for his life. Yeah. I, you know, and he's he's got yeah. a child out there, and you know, and and so of course he's got you know, I mean, what other option? And you know, we talk a lot about snitches on this show, and you know, they the pressure we we should at least acknowledge that the pressure they put on people to snitch, you know, yeah. is is yeah. is is great. You know, if you don't tell us everything, you know, and snitching doesn't have to be lying. It could be telling the truth, but if you don't tell us everything, then, you know, you're going to lose your life. So, you know, people, it, it's still not okay to snitch, but I just, you know, the amount of pressure that the government puts on us so that they can lock people up is is, is whether it's the jury, the snitches, the plea agreements, you know, the knowing that if you go to trial that you only have what two or three percent chance of of, of being successful. So you know, right. all, all of those factors and pressures, you know, and, and then like with Chris Lewandowski, he, you know, when he was going to take a plea deal. They didn't charge him with a gun. They didn't charge him with assault. But as soon right. as he exercises his right to a trial, they start throwing the book at him. Um, right. and, and it yeah. happens all the time. Well, that's why I call them heroes, because despite all the stuff that's going on, despite it all, they still stand stand up and they still go through this. And it sometimes they do it, they do it because in their heart they believe it's going to make a difference. I remember Chris thought he was going to change the world before his before his trial. I mean, we had conversations about it because I went to his trial, and nobody was there for him. I think I was there for him. He had another friend, a mutual friend between him and I that was there for him, and my friend Carol drove out there with me, but Chris had already at that point lost family, friends, everything, and still was standing for everybody's rights um, and lost. So that's why I call them heroes is because – they shouldn't be in jail for a plant. And Eddie went to trial too. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Eddie went to trial too. So that's that's what's really awesome is that you know they're both free after this big huge fight. Um. So Mindy, we've got a couple calls, and I think one of them might be Amber. So if you just want to talk to everybody, maybe tell them what their jury, their power jury rights are, or whatever you want to do. Um. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So um. Let's see here. First thing I want to do is encourage everybody to go to change.org and in the search engine, look up can do foundation and you will find a list of the change.orgs that Amy and can do have put together. They have a guardian angel program and they're working really, really hard to get people free. Um, Scott, you're back. Oh yeah. 
really quickly, let me just finish this. Farrell Scott um, okay. is a you know he's a friend of mine. Um, we've had his daughter on the show, and his petition is relatively new and really could use some legs. So I'm hoping people get on there and look him up. F E R R E L L S C O T T. And I understand that his children are also going to speak at the White House, I believe, is what it is, like Craig Cecil's daughter. So um, I really encourage people to check out the CanDoChange.org petition. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Uh, Mindy and I have planned this show to have them on. Um, and now if we're not going to be doing the show for the wintertime, we're still going to do a show to find out what's going on with these plant prisoners' kids in D.C. So we're going to be able to hear their stories and how they're advocating for their parents still. So um, stay tuned for that. That's coming up real, real soon. So Mindy, we have our next guest, Amber Taylor on the line. She's going to deliver us with her segment. I believe it's going to be regarding families and the drug war. Her segment is called drug war 101 with Amber Taylor. And because she knows firsthand as her father's serving a life sentence for a joint. So she's going to help reveal how that type of stuff happens and how it affects our families. So you ready? Should I bring her on now, Mindy? Please, please do. Okay, okay. So good morning, Amber. How are you doing? Good morning, ladies. How are y'all? Good morning, Amber. Um, we're good. good, good, good. I am sad to hear about no winter show, but then that'll build us up for the next season. So I'm excited for that. Well, Amber, oh, we're still going to do a couple here and there. Um, okay. So, yeah. So if, like, like let's say something were to, to go on with your dad's case or something like that, we would probably do a special show just regarding that or something here and there. So um, it's not over for the whole winter necessarily. It's just the the, the weekly one we're going to have to to let, let that go for just, just the winter. Gotcha. Understood. Uh, 22 months until uh, Thomas Landris goes up for parole. So that's our our next goal. We're going to try to get, get him ready. He's, he's had no write-ups. Um, he's level four, so it, it's looking pretty good. But we still have about 22 months. So we're looking forward to that. Are, are you wow. going to do a letter writing? Are we going to be writing letters to the parole board for him? Yes, whenever it gets about five or six months out, we'll we'll start a campaign for letters to be wrote, and and we'll turn in the petition that we've had going on for about a year now. If anybody would like to still there's a free time page from um what is it petitions dot org or something. Um, I think that's a change. Your uh, your phone is breaking up where mine is but um, oh i think that's a change dot that- org and i think yeah. we should do a new petition before you know within the next couple months in my opinion but you know i agree i agree because it does need to be a little different now because um it, the petition that's going around now is more tailored for his his health and not his release so i agree yeah all right so let's start um drug war 101 Light. We have them rolled. Get some education going. Last segment, we kind of touched on um, how it started, where it came from, 
Um, we're at Dawn from there, and I want to talk about the families and kids today because the war on drugs is basically a war on our children. Did y'all know that one in 28 kids in the USA have a parent in prison? And that, and a huge reason is because of the mass incarceration of people convicted of drug law violations. And then unsuccessful drug education like the D.A.R.E. program and all kinds of other programs and student drug testing have chipped away at the bonds of trust between parents and kids. We have got to change the mindset of people to treat drug abuse as a health issue instead of a criminal justice issue and allow people to self-medicate without narcotics naturally with marijuana. There should be no question that we as a people of the United States of America, freedom supposedly is supposed to be our number one motto. We should be able to put natural things in our body instead of man-made things without no question. Why has the criminalization of our children increased at amazing rates in the last 15 years? It's because it creates more revolving door inmates for, for their for-profit prisons. Can you imagine your 16-year-old kid getting caught with an ounce of weed, getting 20 years and thrown in a cell with a pedophile, a child pedophile? Can you imagine that? And it happens. It happens all the time. Our kids are thrown into cells with real criminals for nonviolent crimes, and then they get a felony on their record. So now whenever they get out, and they already have PTSD and all kinds of stuff from growing up in a penal system when they were children, they get out and they have no way to employ themselves. There's no rehabilitation. Most of the programs that you can enter into in prison, like um, Votech and stuff like that, you have to be within like three or four months of um, discharging or making parole. So for the most part of your sentence, you're sitting in an 8 by 10 cell surrounded by real criminals, you know, and there's so many famed horror stories that can be told that people don't even know about. And this is a real issue. And I think that most people's mindsets are that, you know, if you do the crime, you do the time, but they're not understanding what times are given for these crimes. Our... Um, community and society is not educated on the war on drugs and that's that's why I'm so blessed and 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 I feel so honored to be able to do this segment because we've got to change the mindsets of people it's not acceptable to throw a kid in prison and lock away the key it's not acceptable acceptable to take mothers and fathers away from children to be um, raised in um, government settings and government homes and children's homes and foster homes instead of being raised with loving parents because they smoke to join at night. Or it's not acceptable to take away uh, parents' kids because the mother decided to treat their daughter with uh, cannabis butter instead of 13 different medications, and it works, and their kid's not having seizures anymore. It's not acceptable for the government to tell us each and every single day exactly how we have to live, breathe, walk, eat, talk, and live our lives. We have got to get the education out there because the war on drugs is a war on our children, is a war on our families, is a war on our mothers, our fathers, our daughters, our brothers and sisters, and it's got to end.
And in conclusion, I think that every single person that listens to this radio station, that signs a petition, that shares a post, that tells a story, you all are part of the solution. It's one team, one dream, and all of us together can make a difference. Aw, Amber, you say this touches my heart so much. Thank I got you. goosebumps all over. Very well said. Especially when you say one dream, one team, because that reminds me of Lance. Yes. Every, yeah, he's he got me started with it, and I, and every, I mean, it, it goes that that slogan like goes so much further than just the war on drugs because oh. one team oh. one tr- one dream is is a is a compassionate feeling loving community that we can all be I was talking to Lance's mom last night and she was real excited cuz she gets to go see Lance this morning so um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> man Lance the, the worry of a mother with her kid that's just such a good person in a cell with all of their, um, I mean, they just break you down. They don't even let the man be a man. It's it's like, it's crazy. I, I, I pray for her strength every single day. She's, that's Mama G. She's such a strong woman. She's very <laughs> inspirational. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I know, I know. And also, um, you missed it, but we had... Um, one of your favorite defendants, um, Chris Lewandowski, you, you're such a good advocate for him because you're from from his town, and he was on our show earlier today, and he told our listeners a story, so um, that was a really good interview as well. So I just wanted to let you know. I will definitely have to go back and listen. I was I was passing medications at that time, but I will definitely go back and listen. Yeah, he's he's um he's our martyr. He's I I think his case is going to change so many people's views in Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if he knows how great he's doing so far, but thank you so much, Chris. I know it's it's a hard journey, but it's not all in vain, brother. You're making change out there. Aw. Aw, so are you... you... I can't hear you. Oh, I was just going to say that his story, uh, it, it... hits me right in the heart he he has to fight harder in his own country for his own life than he might have ever had to do overseas and that's wow. crazy that's whenever you grow up on Fort Sill um the army base that he was stationed at in Watton Oklahoma you wake up to sounds of it's the largest artillery base in the United States so you wake up to sounds of these cannons and and PT and and it's so prideful and American, and, and you have pride for all of these soldiers that you see around town. You salute them. You tell them thank you for your service. But then at the same time, they're willing to throw this man's life away and take, take him away from his kids for choosing to medicate with a natural plant. It's absolutely contradicting and ridiculous. Are you live in the same town that he's going to trial in? Because did you hear he's going to trial now? Yeah, I heard that it got reversed. They let his um, guilty plea be taken back, and he 
pled not guilty. And um, I was just in that town, actually, <clears throat> the day before yesterday, picking up my kids. But, no, I live in Eagle, Colorado. But I'm in Lawton um, very oh. frequently. And I tried to make his court date, and I made it there the day after. I couldn't get off of work. But I'm definitely going to request offer his trial. So if you two ladies aren't oh. able to make it, I would love to, like, if you all do a show, I would love to broadcast live from there or something. That would be great. Yeah, we can do that. We can do a special show just for him and do that. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm glad that the story got out because um, it, it took off from, from the time that you all um, – put it on the Facebook page and stuff, like 300 more people viewed it. So I really appreciate that. Y'all are great. <laughs> wow. Did you, um, did you, uh, realize that, oh, I forgot my question. It, it, never mind. I forgot exactly what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I had a question for you. Oh yeah. Did you that's know that okay. they just popped on two more charges? Story. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's how they'll do you. You know, that's, that's the scary part about it. Like, um, there's a there's some stuff going on in my life right now where I have to choose do I um be the martyr and 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 make my voice loud and strong or do I be quiet and and keep my life because they can totally take your life away if you mess with them and that's not how it should be you should be able to say hey this is wrong this is not the way it should be without them putting a whole bunch of more stuff on you you shouldn't be afraid to open your mouth without them adding things to you but that's the way it goes yeah it's it's scary that's so scary oh it definitely is well, my 15-minute break is up, ladies. I'm at 15 uh, minutes and two seconds. So I, I love you guys. I hope y'all have a blessed love day. You, Amber. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and listen to the rest of the show. And and I hope all your listen, all of your listeners enjoyed. Thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you so much, Amber. You're welcome. Have a blessed day, ladies. Love you. Back at you. All right, all right, you guys. We've got our next, our next. Yes, Duffy Landa. She is on the line right now and waiting. Um, she's going to talk to us about what's been going on down in California regarding her efforts to end prohibition. She she's trying to give aid right to the front lines of the prisoners, the people that are being um, punished the most. So she has her group called Freedom Grow, a nonprofit 501c3, where she personally gets out there and hustles her butt off to help our plant prisoners. And she is on the line right now to give us an update as to what's been going on with her and Freedom Grow and her own personal situation. She has a family member that's incarcerated for cannabis. And she's also ex-POW for cannabis. Um, After we're done talking to Stephanie, we're going to talk to Jeff Eichen from The Lifers, the movie, um, a documentary regarding uh, people serving life sentences for cannabis, which he's also ventured off into reporting about the whole drug war. But we're going to talk to him because he's going to update us on what is going on in Canada. There's all kinds of great news going on for the country up there, and he um, is going to let us know what's going on up there. So while we wait to talk to him, we are going to talk to Stephanie Landa. Mindy, are you ready to bring Stephanie on, or is there anything you want to say first? Nope. I'm ready. Okay. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. So, uh, my, my life is not 
uneventful ever, I guess. Yesterday I went to visit my kid, and I take all kinds of precautions. I can't, like, not smoke because I'm medicating. I'm a patient. Somebody's actually driving me, so I'm even allowed to smoke. But we take precautions. I, you know, spray myself, and I spray the car, and, you know, I do all these things to make sure that I don't smell like pot when I go into the state prison. Well, apparently, I guess I didn't completely do the right ritual or something. It was cold out. We didn't open the windows. Who knows what happened? But after the visit, not before the visit, but after the visit, they pulled Max out and they told him that they really, really like him and that's why he's getting a warning and that's why he even got the visit to begin with, but that his mom reeks of pot. And that <gasps> Something oh my a, God! He needs to do something about it. Otherwise, we can't visit anymore. So, like, I, can't I felt mom like, I felt like the like worst mom in the world. You know, like I go to visit my kid, and now they want to terminate my visits because I smell like pot. So I feel like a really bad mom. Really, I do. Well, what's that smell of pot going to do anyway? Is it going to get everybody high? No? I mean, what is the you're, smell going to well, do? Well, no, but you're not allowed to be under the influence of anything when you visit. Oh. Unless, of course, it's a pill from your dealer doctor. You know, <laughs> then I guess it's okay. But anyway, so now you I have to, like... You just my worst fear visiting in prisons is... Oh, is, no, this uh, is my worst fear. I was crying yesterday because it was just like as soon as I left the prison he called me up and he was like mom I'm like, and he told me I smelled like pot when I came in he said oh, I could smell it in your hair so I thought oh my god so now I mean unless everybody anybody has any suggestions please call me up because one of them can't be that I can't medicate so now I'm going to bring dry shampoo with me and another set of clothes, and I'm going to pull off and make sure I spray the car really well. I'm going to go buy some expensive perfume so I can be like, you know, one of those French expensive hoes. And <laughs> maybe all this is going to work. Who knows? I don't know. I'm going to dress differently. I'm going to try to wear heels and stockings and, like, be a different person when I go there. I don't know what else to do because I don't want my business to be taken away. So this is my quarry today, everybody. Like, what's oh, man. Don't, don't put yourself through the heels. You're, don't wear heels, Steph. That's not going to change it. That's torturing I yourself. To have, I have to have visits, though. And they can take them away. They, they, You know, that's their prerogative. That's one of the things they can do. Like, even if you argue um, with them, they can take your visit away. I, I, I was thinking on this one. If I come up with anything other than what you just suggested already, I'll let you know. But, yeah, definitely. Oh, maybe um, extra sanitizer, too, you know, like a hand sanitizer. and Right, and hand sanitizer. Lysol. Okay. I don't know. Lysol. Go in there smelling like bleach. Wear Maybe clothes get that have a lot of bleach. I think this Ooh, is what I would do. I know. I, I one know. thing you can do is put, this sounds silly, but vinegar in your hair, because then you'll smell like a salad. 
Oh, that's and a good idea. You don't think the dry shampoo is going to work? I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, would, I would wake up, look, I would wake up, smoke, smoke a whole bunch of weed, and take a shower, like smoke enough weed to get you high for three days, if that's possible. But smoke a whole it bunch, takes take a shower. It hours to get there. Oh, my God. Oh, medibles. Oh. And medibles. What? Eat it instead of smoke it. Eat it. I know, the and I sleep go. through the visit. Oh, geez. Like, I have to smoke. I can't not smoke. That's can fine. You medicine. Out there? That's can what... you stay the night out there? And then... Well, that's that was my other thing. I could go to a hotel, spend the night, and then get up in the morning and shower, and then go right to the place in 10 minutes. That's my other thing I could do. And that's rough. That's I get it about the, not, the medicating. is You have to medicate. I totally understand where you're coming from there. That's that's not an option of not medicating. So right. it's not an option. Wow. Now I could like go to the dealer, uh, the doctor dealer, and get some Vicodins, and then um, do that. But I don't want to. No. No. I mean, it's like, come on now. I know this is like really horrible. I'm such a good person, and I'm so lovable. That's why they warned. They they didn't even tell me. Max said they didn't want to tell you, mom. I'm like, oh my god, because they really. They don't want like to tell you. I wonder if they know that you are an activist and that you fight for plant prisoners and stuff. Oh no, they already know that. But he, he must have the, whole sweet, thing the sweetest jail. He must have the sweetest jailers to have. They didn't even want to hurt your feelings. That's kind of yeah, cute. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> no, no, everybody there really likes me, but it's just like they can't have this going on. And I totally understand it, you know, like, God, it just pisses me off. Because even pot that doesn't smell when you smell it, it smells when you smoke it. It's like such a horrible thing. Yeah, no, there's no getting away from that. I feel like, Stephanie, would a shower even work? Because I feel like, you know, you've been on this earth and you've been smoking this plant for so long. Your body is the plant and you smell like it maybe naturally even like what's the, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean I was just thinking you are the plant. So why would like, Okay, well then I'm just gonna know. go in there and tell them I am the plant, Kristen says. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I know you know it's like really a problem. I was I was gonna go on and like talk about the prisoners, but like this is a real problem for me. It's like, are you kidding me? And maybe I don't know. It, you know, I don't know if it's gonna pass or it's not gonna pass. I don't really care one way or the other. You know, like it doesn't get anybody out of jail. So like, I don't really. I'm half. It it divided our community. I want to tell you that this stupid initiative. Half the people hate the other half. The people in the same small community. It's just like really. So that happened in Oregon too. It was so yeah, bad. I mean, people sides. hating each oh. other, oh, even threatening no, each other. Yeah, down here they're hating each other. It's just like I, I've really? never seen such things. It's really sad. I mean, it, you can't. I know that, if you're. Everybody is trying to do what they think is best for the legalization, whether you agree way, with them or not. Yeah, the government found a way to even make us not unite. You know, now we're divided among ourselves, which can't be good. But nevertheless, nope, it, never is. It, 
when it if it does pass, does that mean that I can go in smelling like pot? I mean, I don't even understand what's going on here. It's you just know, a crazy I, thing. One of the reasons why I uh, haven't been back to SeaTac to visit Chris is because I'm just going to be straight up. I'm a chicken shit. They have this wand thingy. And they were oh, randomly. No. Oh, I know. And determined. It's not a wand oh, no more. It's a, it's, you guys, it's not a wand no more. It's a piece of paper now. They did it to the girl. Okay, when I visited Chris last week, they did it to the girl in front of me. They called her special, and then she was like, yeah, they put the paper on me. I said, the paper? I thought it was a wand. She goes, no, it's a, pa- a paper now that they use. Oh, my gosh. And which is really <sighs> ridiculous because, I mean, old old grandmas that, that, you know, that aren't doing anything get tested positive for this because oftentimes there's drug residue on money. I mean, how many dollar well, bills? Well, no, gasoline makes it are... positive. Gasoline, yeah. if you put gas in your car before you go, you might get positive. It, it's a totally unfair <laughs> test, but it scared the living snot out of me when I saw the lady uh-huh. right in front of me get, get you know the testing her for drug residue oh my gosh it is now the so only thing they can do is terminate your visit they can't do anything to you right it just anything. seems well, like it would like, be terrifying. Here's the thing though you guys when you when you guys sign up to go be a visitor you're basically giving them your like you have to give the feds your license plate number so my thing is if you're on their property and then you test positive oh, for it can they Go into your car because you basically no, give no, up your rights when you go out there. They can. So that worries me. Like can, uh, your car can be searched no matter what, even if you're not yeah. positive. I've seen them search people's cars. Oh, I just figure, you man, know, that, my age. What are they going to do? Spill it out? I All mean, right. come on now. That I mean, I don't think I'm going to be like, oh, mom arrested for eighth of pot visiting son in state prison. I don't think of that. I just think I'm going to lose my <laughs> visit, and it's, like, so important. It's just like, yeah. oh, my God. I know. I know. I don't think that's the headline. You made my heart If you make that headline, you're going to be my coolest friend ever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. So horrible. So horrible. It's so horrible that they make me feel this way. I'm such a good mom, and they make me feel like I'm shit. I'm like, oh, my well, God, I not. can't terminate my visits. I guarantee you oh. that your son thinks you're the best mom in the world. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think that you're, I think that we're all like, you know, like everyone is a good mom. It's just that I have gone beyond, and now they're telling me, oh, you better not do this. Which I'm going to make a good. I'm going to, like, drown myself in perfume. You know, and then I we'll would not want to say. be around you that day. Ooh, you're going to be so... I would much rather you smell like weed than a whole bunch of perfume. But Hey, I have to go buy the perfume. It's not even like I have it in the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a hippie. I don't wear perfume. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> oh. This is a crazy so, Sophie, world we live in. There's one thing I want to tell you, and then I want you to update us on Freedom Grow. But what I want to tell you is, is that um, Chris Williams, I visited him, and he his release date into the um, halfway house 
is December 7th. So after, since, his, since his sentencing, and you were at his sentencing, and he was sentenced to five years, um, the prison part mm. of it for him is almost almost over. Wait a minute, Kristen. So I thought Eddie Lapp was December 7th and Chris Williams was the 22nd. No. By some, oh, yeah, you're right. Chris Williams is the 22nd. Yeah, because I read something that you posted that he said he'd have to be in the halfway house during the holidays. Yes. Yeah, December Maybe 22nd. Eddie too. I mean, Eddie thinks yeah. he might get out right away, but he'll probably be in the halfway house too. Because I thought I was going to yeah. get out right away, and it still took me three months to get out of the halfway house. Like, it took my that was right too. away. Yeah. It's, it's like they don't want to let you go. I don't know why, but, you know, because they get paid well, they when you're your on money. house arrest. No, no, yeah. they do. They get paid even when you're on your house arrest part of your uh, halfway house. They still get paid. I don't even know. Yeah, my mom had to pay no, I don't my is not fair. You're only a quarter of the way out of prison. Three quarters of the way. I mean, that's that's not halfway when you're still locked up in a house like that. Oh, Look, you guys, my it's mom, worse. she had to get a job. She had to get a job to get out of halfway house, and she got a job. And then after she got a job, she still had to pay, like, 65% to the halfway house for living there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Lousy food, lousy everything. I thought it was worse than prison myself. But. So, Stephanie, what um what is going on with Freedom Grow? Um, Freedom Grow is been kind doing... of standing still. I haven't done anything because I'm just so wrapped up with my kid, and yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty much thinking about doing maybe Happy Place New Year's Eve. Um, they're having, it's not high times, but some other hitman or something. So I might do a booth there, I don't know. But pretty much I'm just, like, concentrating on him. Vote yes on 57. I don't know if 57 is, no, it's not up there, never mind. Everybody in California vote yes on 57. My kid will get out in April instead of September. All it really says is that, if you have priors, they're not used against you in sentencing. Ooh, oh, I wow. like that. Yeah. So, what, what, six months what, off my kid's what, sentence. What about um, 64, initial 64? Is that the one that asks, the one that illegalized in California? Yeah. That's the one that has split up all the communities here where we're not talking to each other. I'm talking to everybody. Because I'm going to be one of those people from the 50s that doesn't tell everybody their vote. I wouldn't tell anybody so. my vote here in Oregon, too, for the same reason. Because I did not want to hear about... It's, yeah, it's I'm with my you. vote, anyway. Exactly. You know, it has really nothing to do with anyone else. But it's crazy down here. Like you know, People are like, no, we're not going to that dispensary because they're voting yes. And, I'm like, whoa, Tammy. So, um, our initiative up here that legalized it, uh, there's still, there's still fights and feuds that can never be resolved up here. It, it completely split the whole, everything up. It, it was a mess after, after, um, it got legalized here. Yeah, they should be con- concentrating on world things, you know, like Trump being president. 
or like be scheduling. That would be a good focus for all of all of our activists. Yeah. All of our activists across the whole country focused on descheduling. Maybe we could get somewhere possibly sooner than later. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't well, know. Either. Me, I know um, that they're not letting pot people out. Like nobody out of those hundred people that got uh, clemency, none of them were for pot. So yeah. it's all kind of a crazy thing, you know. And not that I don't think those people should have gotten out too. I just think it was should right. have been like more people. More so. pot people. There's like hardly any pot people. Like they should be on there too. I know. I know, definitely. Okay, we'll have a great show. I love you guys. Um, well, tell us your website. Those people quick. want to donate. Okay, freedomgrow.org. And actually, I got two donations lately, one from the Secret Sesh and one from uh-huh. the Growers Alliance. They gave me $400, and Secret Sesh Beautiful. gave me 500 So that will nice, be nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, we love them. They it's a dream come true to see like a the other um events donating to prisoners commissary. That I that's, know that would be cool. great. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that, yeah, I know it is really great. It is really great. Okay, talk to you guys later. I love you both. Thank you. Yes, you have a beautiful rest of your day. Yeah, Bye. you too. Bye. Bye-bye. You guys, that was Stephanie Landit. You can find her on Facebook or you can go to her nonprofit and just give directly to a plant prisoner. And why you should do it is because they only make 12 cents an hour because they have to work all day and they barely even get enough money a month to buy telephone privileges, much less the clothes and the things like that they need in prison because prison doesn't supply you with hardly anything. So, um, Nadi, is there anything you want to say before we go to our next guest? Oh, you know what? Which, I just want to say I think that somebody should sign Stephanie up for some reality show or a comic strip or something because <laughs> she has got one of the most interesting lives. <laughs> I could, I just I would love to see a regular show about Stephanie's life. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, well, we had Jeff. We had Jeff Eichen on the line. He wanted to tell us what's going on in California. Oh, there he's back. Okay, so. We're going to bring Jeff Eichen on, and then after Jeff Eichen, we're going to hear from Tom Corby, and Tom Corby is going to give us a Northern Chapter update for the group that he's part of, the Human Solution International, where he's going to tell us everything that's going on in Northern California. While we wait for Tom, we're going to talk to Jeff, who is calling uh, from the Lifers documentary, um, and we're going to find out what's going on in Jeff's world, and... um, how you can be part of the Lifers documentary. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Can you hear? Hey, I'm doing <laughs> great. I'm doing great. I got I got a couple of updates for you. Hey, good morning. Yay. And um, uh, the the first one is that last night I was at a Halloween um party with the high council from Seattle. They were here in Port Townsend and the par- party was off the hook. Oh? You like the party, yeah, Jeff? The high- here in Port Townsend where I live, um it was at the Palindrome and um and it was really off the hook. Uh the the high council is the 420 band from Seattle. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. That was- 
It was really great. We had just a lot, a lot of fun. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. So I just found out that that um, eight to nine new states will be up for legalization um, in uh, in just on November eighth. So we're gonna uh, America is gonna possibly we were praying that uh, we start rolling these states down one by one and get legalized California and a bunch of other states. Nice, nice. So what does that mean? Like, I heard that if over half the states legalized, then it wouldn't be a Schedule 1 anymore. Is that a rumor, or is that a possibility of being true? No, it's not an automatic. Schedule 1 is a bunch of crap, and it's just so they can make money with the, with the you know, with, you know they, they, they stopped medical in Washington just so they could get 35% more from our PTSD Iraqi, you know, veterans, and so that are on right. fixed incomes and it's just a bunch of crap. And, um, but I heard also in the same sentence that, uh, Canada on 420 in, in, um, 420 in 2017 is up for legalizing nationwide cannabis and any prohibition there. And the coolest thing is, is that, uh, Justin Trudeau is so such the bomb. He said, Personally, I mean, uh, over the radio, he said that he wanted to release all the plant prisoners, and he needs to get to Obama so we can get lifers to Obama and to Justin so they can really realize that there's, you know, that the plant needs to be ended in prohibition globally. You know, I'm starting to think that Obama already knows. Maybe he just ain't doing nothing about it. Uh, These presidents know what's going on in our country. Not just Obama, well, if the president get, before him, the president before if they him. Get lifers, if they get lifers, you know, um, if they can see it and sit down and spend one freaking hour watching all these testimonials of the LEAP, the law enforcement against police, you know, against prohibition, and they see these beautiful okay. ladies that have breast cancer that are doing RSO and, and CBD together, these kids that are getting brain cancer go, go away from doing their, their cannabis and all these things, they'll realize uh, what a travesty it is. And then on the last day of office, Obama will prompt, will surprise us. And on the last day of office in January, when he leaves, he'll say goodbye to all the, um, and let them out with no parole. We want, we want full clemency. So, okay. So that's the plan. And you go ahead, Mindy. Oh no, go ahead. You have a you have a vigil scheduled. And what can we do to take place in that vigil? Everybody can light a candle the night before Obama is done. And then we are going to on lifers on lifersthemovie.com a couple weeks before we'll start to promote this and through your radio show. We'll promote in Amsterdam and Uruguay and Portugal and in the United States a Google chat. We'll we'll be on their chat room there, and we'll all get together, look at each other, hang out, and just like we did for Jeff Mazansky before he successfully went in the night before for his parole, we will light a green candle. Everybody will get a green candle um, from wherever their source is, and I'll find one maybe, and we'll do a we'll do a green candle. We'll light a vigil, and that Obama. If if we get a lot of people, then the energy. You know, from the ETs and the you know, in 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 spacesuits, will will climb into right, Obama's right. head and make him do that. Okay, 
Now, Jeff, here's another thing we got on our side. My father's ashes um, are sprinkled, some of them are sprinkled in front of a big tree right in front of the White House. So I will be channeling my father's spirit and his soul in order to, for him to help us on the other side get into Obama's head. And then um, we'll all light the candles, and that will inspire all of the forces, including Jack Hare and Gary Shepard and uh, Eugene Fisher and every all of our PEOs from the other side can help us help Obama free our people. Maybe. Well, I I was just um, I was just reading that Obama has granted 235 commutations in August alone, more than any other president in a single month, and he's granted more clemencies than any other previous 10 presidents combined, but how many plant prisoners? I think, what, four? I think so. Yeah. That was at the beginning. Yeah, it, it's all about um, the, you know, the other drug crimes with the her end of sentences, which I agree need also, they need relief too, but it's so, the balance is so one-sided. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of malarkey that um, that he's not getting it or talking to Trudeau. He must talk to Trudeau because Trudeau's not a dumbbell. He's young and Obama's young, and they got to figure this out that the families are getting screwed. You know, Jeff Pazansky in my film says, you know, what the heck? You know, God made this plant, and Chris and Chris Kirsten says that. It's the puzzle piece is that we have CBD receptors in our brain. Um, why can't we buy the leaves at the grocery store next to, you know, spinach, you know, if it was in a perfect world? And we just need to end prohibition so we can grow it for paper in America. And that's the bottom line. We just got to get Obama on board for the last day of office. And that's why we'll have a green candle vigil. Okay, I'm down. I can't wait. Yeah. Cindy, are you going to light a candle? And, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, I, we'll get, light a candle. Let's get somebody of a candle maker. We'll we'll get a candle maker that'll make all the jack and and we'll get we'll get somebody to do a green um voices of of the cannabis radio candle and we'll and we'll get everybody on Amazon to get one, you know. We'll we'll get we'll get thousands of people to play this one. Okay, okay, that sounds that sounds good. If we get thousands of people to light a candle, maybe we can end the war. So I got another thing is that my buddy yesterday spent two hours or three hours or two weeks studying the um uh this is this is kind of on the subject. You know, he he studied all the businesses that are getting on the stock market that are making CBD products and and MJM products. And he said that um, on Tuesday is the day, day after tomorrow, to start to um, to invest $100, $10, $500, whatever you can in marijuana, everybody, because um, the election is going to happen. And if we get jerkhead, then um, they're gonna the the stock market's going down. And if we get what's her name, then the cannabis stocks are gonna go up giantly. So if you have any insight or you want to do any 
investing. We're not telling you which ones, but there are some great companies that are actually taking the leap into the giant world of investment. And it's a cool time to for those of us that are listening that um, that want to go in that direction and invest green. That's a good conversation. That's um, interesting to know, Jeff. Good advice. That's a tip. That that's a freaking tip. And when I was at um, Unify Festival in San in <laughs> Santa Fe, New Mexico, three weeks ago, yeah. I talked to the grandfathers, and they still they're getting me closer to Leonard Peltier. Oh, cool, cool. Well, I'm excited. So any- I'm excited. Yeah, Lifers is totally happening, and and we're really blessed to be on the radio with you gals, and um and lifersamovie dot com. Everybody, come support us, come follow us, and um and if anybody has a, a waits for for us to get our film to Obama, we need to play day by day now because we only have eighty six days for him left in office. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much. Um, is there anything else you want to say before weekend, we? Yeah. I'm you. doing great um, with with the with the movement and and spreading the word. I think everybody needs to um, you know to just say their piece and pray for Lance Glore and for all the prisoners that don't need to be in there for a freaking plant. Everybody, a beautiful we plant do, that God do. gave us. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Um, we had one of our military veterans on our show earlier who's a defendant facing five years for six plants. So check that uh, that um, interview out. You might, you, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, great. Yeah, well, I got to sleep late and I woke up late, but I'm glad to be on with you gals as often as I can be. And um, I believe in you and that uh, we're going to end this thing quickly. I think it's coming. Thank you, Jeff. Have a good day. Love you both. Uh, hemp, hemp, hooray. Thank you. Hemp, hemp, hooray. <laughs> All right, you guys, that was Jeff Eichen. If you want to know more about Jeff Eichen or see um, what's going on with his Lifers documentary, go to lifersthemovie.com. I think it's .com. It might be .org, but check out .com. You can always visit his Facebook. It's J-E-F-F-E-I-C-H-E-N. You can get a lot more information or email him directly there. Um, next, we're going to go, oh, yeah, and I just didn't say, forgot to thank Jeff for his visit um, last week with Anthony Papa, who basically drew his way out of prison in New York. That was awesome, Jeff. Thank you for having him on our show. We appreciate that. Um, next, we're going to go to Tom Corby, who is an advocate up in Northern California. He's also an ex-POW as he was facing time. Um, him and his wife, and Tom stood up above his own time and fought and is now fighting for other people constantly and fights for our prisoners and our defendants. And he's with the group called the Human Solution International, their nonprofit 501c3, who fights for defendants. And we're going to have Tom tell us what's going on in the northern part of California. Good morning, Tom. Uh, Good morning, Tom. Top of the day. Uh, thanks. Uh, Mindy, Kristen, and all the good speakers that took their time to schedule uh, to schedule cannabis and then prohibition free and all RPOWs. If someone really should go to jail for a plant, when you think about it, 
uh, I want to hats off to uh, Chris Lewandowski again for standing his ground. The poor set having went to jail twice for this plant. Uh, again, it takes our rights away, not only under uh, our medical Prop 215 with our doctors, but our rights as vets to have our medicine. Uh, I'm so glad that the judge reversed his charges. Actually, this is going on to trial, uh, I believe, January 30th. And then, of uh, course, jury nullification really comes into play here. And, it, and we always bring out how most people don't have a clue of their rights as, and to be uh, an informed jury. And it's it's really it's really not just your right; it's your obligation, you know, to feed all these bad laws that we're talking about uh, in these courtrooms, the dog and pony shows that go on, and the waste of taxpayers' money, and how it disrupts life and family. So, hats off to Chris. Anything we can do to help Chris? Uh, thank you for standing his ground. Uh, <laughs> You never know when you're a coordinator for the Human Solution International or any uh, org or Jeff with lifers. You never know uh, what kind of call you might get when you're trying to advocate and help people. So uh, now this wasn't a call on our Facebook. I was asked to uh, come for support. Uh, in Karen Orville, Superior Court, Butte, Oroville, for uh, defendant Michelle O'Hara. Uh, <clears throat> I talked about the uh, Feaster case last week. Officer Feaster who shot uh, Andrew Thomas getting out of the vehicle unarmed. Oh, how is it look like uh, outright uh, murder, second degree at least, and he only got charged with involuntary manslaughter in five years, which we're glad that he did get charged. A lot of us protested. Uh, we were at the trial. Uh, obviously, uh, Michelle O'Hara said something they didn't like or something they knew. There's some things we know, we know down that happened in this case. So she gets, she didn't go to jail to get arrested, but she's going on to her fifth hearing I went to a hearing the other day, this Wednesday, and uh, she's up for tampering. And it's her First Amendment right to protest in the first place. So they got her up for tampering. Um, and uh, she was so good there for just a little application. She's got a good PD. Uh, uh, a lot of these PDs uh, in Butte County are coming around. Uh, and or, uh, I'm glad she's got Sean uh, Henson. He's a good one of our better PDs. Anyway, uh, she's going to go on to her fifth screen. Uh, uh, let's see right here. I've got her December 7th, 130, uh, number one court street here uh, in Oroville. And we always ask for a little court support. And uh, to come bear witness to the injustice that go on inside these courtrooms to let them know that we're keeping an eye on them in there. So uh, I want to shout out to 
Michelle O'Hare and all the folks that stand her ground and and uh, don't plea bargain. Uh, what Amber Taylor said there about people are afraid to open their mouth, and she was too. She, they don't know how much to say or not to say. You have to remember, it is your First Amendment right to protest. And uh, so she feels better now, uh, Michelle, that she's got some, uh, some help. Uh, also, up in uh, Northern California, Shasta County, we talked about Trevor Alcorn, his little daughter, uh, how we write character reference letters. Uh, I've known Trevor uh, for about four years now, and uh, I'm going to read, read my letter here, and I'd like to keep these letters to brevity, kind of keep them to one page, and stick to the points. Uh, this is uh, addressed to the Shasta County DA and Superior Court judges. The subject is character reference for Trevor Alcorn. I give my name, address, uh, humansolution.org, uh, to get a contact us. Uh, attention that having known Trevor and his young daughter for approximately four years, we find Trevor to be a man of good character and integrity, an asset to society rather than a threat. A single father working and taking care of his sweet little daughter who's getting good grades at school. Please consider our plea to dismiss Trevor's case. Uh, a felony robber dismissal might be considered here. That's so important, folks. They'll offer you finally, especially if that's why we take them on the trial, they're going to start making you plea bargains and they all screw you. A felony wobbler misdemeanor is not a good deal. It's, they make it sound like a good deal, but it will screw you. The whole mindset, all when you call it these all these hearings, I don't care if it's TRC, TAC, settlement hearings, they're all the same. Your mindset is dismissal, big words, or trial, period. There's there's no in between. Now if you get if you're if the deck is stacked against you and you may want to consider if they'll give you a wobbler and a dismissal on the end after you can sleep complete probation, like I'm working on with Donna after she completes her probation here. Uh, I believe that is the whole mindset in the first place is get that dismissal on the end. So that's very important here. I wanted to add that. Uh, in the first place, we understand that Trevor not only wasn't there the day of the raid, but down in L.A., and he was being charged with, his, with medicine that belongs to his mom. How can this be? Uh, victimless crime cases like Trevor's not only seem a waste of taxpayers' money, which I brought up before, but most most important and moreover, it disrupts lives and families like Trevor's and his little daughter. Shouldn't we be focusing on the hardened criminals? Thank you for taking the time and consideration in this important matter for friend Trevor and his little daughter. Respectfully, Tom and Donna Corby. These letters, uh, all these letters, whether letters of pardon, request for clemencies, uh, letters to POWs, uh, they go so far, and uh, they just keep on going. And we get we get so many uh, thank yous that they're not forgotten. 
prisoners and so on board. So write a POW day. Uh, uh, let's see also here. Uh, so glad to hear that Chris Williams uh, is going to be released. I remember back, uh, back way back, Chris and uh, uh, Steph and uh, uh, Stacy Thice and the uh, cannabis is when we first uh, when the cannabis uh, went up for Chris Williams uh, up in uh, Idaho, I believe, Montana, and uh, he was convicted and went to Oregon, and the bus followed him all the way to Oregon, and they came back down here and stayed overnight. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, Tom, meeting you, meeting you on the cannabis was one of the That's most right. realist experiences. I've stand at your place there. I, I could I could tell you so many stories just about being at your place and meeting you and, and it's just amazing. It, 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 it touches my heart that you bring it up even. Right. Well and then Steph brings out that halfway houses are not really halfway and they're they're a nightmare. Look at what was with what Doctor Fry. Molly Fry went through here in Dublin over here in the Bay Area, oh my God! And, and she thinks she contracted her cancer in there. It's just, it's just uh, horrendous in some of these jails. Uh, yeah. Okay. I won't take any more time. We don't have to go over time uh, today. And uh, I want to thank everybody. <laughs> and, and you can you can go to these websites, thehumansolution.org, uh, freedomgrow.org with staff. Uh, Lifers Movie with dot uh, com with Jeff. Welcome aboard, Jeff. Uh, we're looking forward to the movies. Uh, and join us and just help volunteer somewhere. Uh, you don't need money. Just we just need some time, your time, and uh, help volunteer to find uh, in this failed drug war that we know that was illegal in the first place. Uh, and as always, my wife, Donna, would tell you, don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. Have a great show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Donna. That's nice advice to not to forget to breathe because everything that's going on is like, don't forget the simple things. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Love you all. Love you too, Tom. Have a good have a good day. Love you too, Tom. Right. So, so Mindy, is there anything we need to cover that we haven't covered yet? We were missing. It looks yours, like everything on my checklist is has been checked off. I I think we've covered it all. I want to really thank everybody for sticking with us and listening to us every Sunday for however long and and um. And, you know, hopefully we'll be back. And, um, we, you know, Kristen is still looking for a sponsor. That that would also help, I think. So, anyway, yeah, uh, thanks again for a great not time, Kristen. Just, you know, you guys know, it's, there's a few things. It's just not where Mindy lives at. But, yeah, we also need a sponsor. Right now I'm paying for the show, which I'm willing to continue to do. However, I'm, I had to get a part-time job to help me with my bills and stuff, so, there's a lot for me to pay. So if we can get actually a sponsor, maybe somebody to help us arrange guests, things like that, we could keep the show going on my end. As far as Mindy, she really needs Internet, but there's no capabilities of even Internet. So um, she, you know, it, right now the best thing is to just take the break until we notice. 
until she can get access to Internet and until we can get maybe a couple more people to help us screen and, and things like that, too. So, um, like I said, it's not over with. Um, I do plan on doing some special shows coming up and having maybe a maybe a monthly show or something. I'm not sure, but I would also still like to chat with Craig. We don't want to lose Craig's voice, so I'm thinking maybe I'll still take a call from Craig once a week and record it so people still know how he's doing. I'm not sure exactly how um, the future of the Voice of the Cannabis Wars radio show is going to go, but just for now, we're just going to see what happens. If anybody out there has a story, anything that's really important that needs to be told, just please inbox me. I do, we're not turning our voices away. We're not turning off the voice. We're just, um, we're just trying to let it simmer for a few minutes, for a little bit. So um, if you guys know any sponsors, anybody who wants to help, um, anything like that, just please contact us. It's not over. It's definitely not over. So, um, Mindy, is there anything else? Because I'll go into closing if if not. No, I, I look forward to the closing, Kristen. Oh, okay. Love you, Mindy. Thank you for always doing the show and being there no matter what. And, like, after Eugene left, for not leaving my side, Mindy, because I was – you came in a lot to us in the show, and thanks for continuing to do it and to be in there. It means a lot to me, too, and I'm sure it means a lot to Eugene that you're part of, of any prohibition. All right, you guys, I don't need to make anybody. So now we're going to go. We're going to just thank everybody for listening, everybody. And I just want to especially thank CCHI because – when we didn't have a place to go to do the show, um, well, we did, but they didn't really know it. They offered a platform for us to be on, and we want to just thank them for that platform, even though we branched off when we got our own our own now. And we want to thank people who gave us a voice, who helped us get as far as we did. So thank you to you guys. Also, um, thanks to Becca for always helping us screen, and everybody else, all the listeners, all the volunteers, just please remember what we talked about today. Um, during nullification and snitching are bad. We can end the war right now by not telling on each other, but we all have to make that stand together. We also can end the war right now by saying not guilty. Two things right now that the government needs to make convictions. If we take those from them, we take their tools to lock us away and turn us into slaves. Um, I also want to say a shout-out to uh, Richard Elisi, who's serving his 28th year in prison. He's a close friend of mine. Um, he shouldn't be there, and, um, you know, maybe we'll do a show for him soon, too, because he, he really deserves to get his story out there. Prison um, commissary, please go to Stephanie Landis, freedomgrow.org. Immediately put some funds on some plant prisoners' books. <clears throat> Next, we've got to say rest in peace, for one, to a few people, but we're going to say rest in peace to Eugene Fisher, who stood by this show since he knew about it, uh, who turned into a host of the show, who turned into a father, a mentor, a friend, a, a war hero, a warrior, everything you can think of, civil rights leader, Eugene meant to us. So, And he was part of the show, so we all always got to remember Eugene. He spent for 25 years in prison for the plant and got out to fight with us. And me and Mindy are especially honored to have him fight by our side because, you know, he was just like one of the greatest men ever. <laughs> Next to another great man um, who is in my heart for the rest of my life is my dad, Richard Floor, uh, who gave me such a voice 
in order to portray what's going on in this world. Because before my dad suffered, before my dad even got raided, I had no idea that there was people in jail for a plant. And my dad was like, had all these dispensaries in Montana, and he was doing good. And I really didn't understand, like the most people in America, the difference between state and federal laws and prisoners. And uh, my dad taught me everything I know. And his death just taught me so much more. So um, rest in peace to my dad, who taught me the world, who was tortured and neglected to death by the federal government, who I took all black support while he was still shackled to a bed. But what my dad has especially in common with today's show is that he was a veteran. Um, He served time in, I forget what war it was, but my dad was in a war and the federal government who sent him there chained him to a bed and let him die. Rest in peace, Dad. Also, rest in peace to Gene Howland, uh, who died on Thanksgiving Day, not in jail, but almost out of jail. He was a caregiver, and his wife was on our show a couple weeks ago to talk about him. So, rest in peace to Gene. Also, rest in peace to Gary Shepard. And we keep talking about this big green bus, this magic bus, literally magic bus. Um, we talked about the bus with Tom. We talked about the bus with Stephanie. I talked about the bus earlier when I was talking about Chris because Gary Shepard's niece, Stacy, she drives it around in order to end prohibition because her aunt and uncle, Gary Shepard and Mary Jane Jones, they were just guarding a couple of their plants, protecting them about 20 years ago when the federal government shot them both down, killing Gary. Uh, Mary Jane Jones lived. Um, she survived. And she just recently died of cancer. Um, but they have Jake Shepard behind, who is a big advocate and a strong, strong, despite all the all the bad things the government did to him, like he still pulls through and still stands strong, still fighting for everybody. And Stacy, their niece, who drives around the bus. Like, so they're not really gone. So um, there's, I'm glad they're still here through their <clears throat> the people they left behind to fight. Also, rest in peace to Jack Kerr, who we've talked about him a couple of times during our show, who wrote a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. I'm going to urge everybody to go out and read the book because it talks, it justifies everything we say. The conspiracy, the fact that um, we can use the plant for oil, food, um, shelter, electricity, plastic, paint. I mean, basically everything, but we don't because the feds don't let us. And hemp don't even get you high. So what the heck is going on? Well, find out in the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes. Rest in peace, Jack Hare. Also, rest in peace to Peter McWilliams, who wrote a few inspirational books about death and about a few other things. He was a civil rights leader. He was an activist for cannabis, an activist for his libertarian. Uh, He was also an activist for the gay community, and he died during a a case he was on probation and couldn't smoke and he had nausea and they he was he was in trouble for the plants that he grew to help his nausea anyway he died while he was on probation uh, they say that he died choking over his own vomit couldn't didn't have access to the plant so maybe he wouldn't be vomiting if he was anyway get me into peter mcwilliams i love you peter mcwilliams i never knew him but his inspiration is in my heart also to bill Morte. bill Morte represents so much because he was serving a life sentence for cannabis, a life sentence. He was good friends with our other host of the show who passed away, Eugene Fisher. 
He was serving a life sentence for cannabis. Okay, on his 20th year, he was in the prison yard. Just after he found love, he found love in prison. And just after he found love, he had a couple major heart attacks and died from a heart attack on the prison yard after 20 years in prison. What kind of life is that? To be in trouble for a plant for 20 years and have to die in prison. Like, that is no kind of life that our government is taking lives, whole lives, decades away from, from our people. So, rest in peace, Bill Lamorte. You'll never be forgotten. Also to Larry Harvey, who just recently passed away right in the middle of the war. His whole family, including him, was fighting their own federal charges um, in the state here Washington, where we call it legal. But Larry didn't uh, just sit behind. He went to D.C. and helped fight for all of our rights out there and fought until he passed away. And also rest in peace to D. Young for giving us Adam and to Curtis Cecil. His father calls into the show every single Sunday morning talks about what's going on but one thing we don't always talk about is that Craig lost his son Curtis right in the middle of everything and um, Curtis you know I don't want to get too into Curtis's story but rest in peace Curtis he should his they should never taken his dad from him ever Um, and also rest in peace to Spencer Coptis and Cassie Hyde these are two little children whose parents didn't like the fact that they were growing brain tumors in their head and other medicines weren't working so they tried cannabis and it worked for them, and the kids were, their brain tumors were going away, and they were living, and they were surviving. Then their caregivers were raided. Um, Cashy's caregivers were raided through the 2011 raids, and Spencer Coptis's caregivers were raided in Northern California. Well, when their families weren't able to get the medicine, the kids' brain tumors grew and grew until they passed away. Also, rest in peace to Fumo Bernardo Martinez, or Bernardo Fumo Martinez, a.k.a. Fumo. He was a very close friend of mine who saw the passion with the prisoners, who saw that nobody should go to jail for a plant. But Fumo didn't just want to end prohibition on a national level. He wanted to end it on, across the whole world. So Fumo was trying to help make videos in order to put into the world so that people can understand what their jury rights were and what people are, how people are really suffering. Also, rest in peace to Elaine Samets, who is a member of the ONAC tribe. Uh, Joy Graves came on our show a few times to advocate for her as the package they were sending to help all of her illnesses was intercepted by the post office, a federal federal agency who would not give the medicine back. And in the meantime, Elaine's um, sicknesses and illnesses grew and grew until she passed away. Rest in peace, Elaine. And also rest in peace to Oscar, who is Eugene and George's friend. They say Oscar went to FCI in the sky. And please just help us in prohibition so that nobody else has to go to jail or die for a plant. Um, I'm going to play a song called Shook Sykes Pizza, No More War. And then after that, we're going to play Real Ones, It's Just a Plant. So, And then we're also going to play, actually, I'm going to play a couple songs. So you guys can hang in there <clears throat> or hang up or whatever you guys want to do. We're going to play Carrie Lee Woosley's um, song called Freedom and These Walls Around Me, which he is a plant prisoner who launched his album right from prison. So... Just stay tuned. We'll play a couple songs and have a good Sunday. And thank you for listening to Val's Radio. Too short.
raid safe, man. It ain't a sport. Got these evil politicians contorting the truth. And these wicked ass witches according to you to tell you the truth, man. Can't hack this. I'm losing my patience like a damn malpractice. 2012 and they still manifesting destiny. With military industry complex style weaponry. Depriving heads of righteous men while sipping on the Hennessy. CIA means coke in America, apparently. It's been a narco plutocracy since the 70s. Corporations profiteering, domineering everything. Radio press, news in the media. You better learn to discern from the bullshit that they're feeding you like GMOs. From Monsanto, ringing alarms at family farms so man can't grow. Things really are 
Um, so check it out. Um, if you want to hear more about Real One and this song, you can listen to last week's show. He was our first special guest, and he kind of breaks it down for us all. So check check that out and listen. Cause herb is superb Don't run from the gears Spread the word Ask Rick Simpson He got the answer Find out how he cured cancer Look it up on YouTube Show a friend or two It might be worth a shot To save a life with you It's amazing What a little hit boy can do Especially when it kills What a lot my mom do it's legal, it saves people, we don't get another chance No sequel, so mommy make the time fighting against this medicine And putting people like Eddie Clapp in federal prison I'm on a mission with this marijuana movement To get the word out, to get the facts proven Live strong, live strong, live long Kick back, take a hit from the phone Just a planet of marijuana No clothes, you gotta read it. I smoke so much, THC, I bleed it. Take up without Mary Jane, damn, I need it. I love to watch it grow with the formula I feed it. Eating edibles, packing bongos, cutting up grass like Honda lawnmowers. It's just a plant, a usable herb. We need to go green, it's what the herb deserves. If we grow hemp, we can help save trees. If we grow hemp, we can save economies. If we grow hemp, we provide what we need. We need to grow hemp for humanity. You need to do your research on hemp history. 1942, hemp for victory. Just read that book page for page. The information to get you'll be amazed. Just to play with your marijuana. It was good on it. Make people freak out freak If they smell marijuana They for sure flip out Never out of the world Drive off a cliff Become a sex toy zombie Smoking a spliff That's so fun Do a propaganda Do your research See what you can gather Cannabis Hemp marijuana Be a plate of big heart In our world's history Medicine vapor Real fiber Just about smoking And getting higher As a provider And nerve we can use I'm just relating facts
just a plant. Check it out. Um, next, we're going to play Carrie Lou, We Loosely, a song called Freedom, where he launched this. He's a plant prisoner right from federal behind bars. So check it out. And then um, one more song after that will be done for the day. Check this one out. My freedom, well, it leaves me today. These last few months went warp speed, I must say. If you were smart, you'd leave me and walk away. your freedom and a heart that is filled for me and I will not let them take it away while you say we don't need it well it's easy for them to say well hold me tight don't let them put me away freedom I told I'd be free and walk away I lost my freedom, babe Well, you got your freedom And a heart that is filled for me And I will not let them take it away Well, you say we don't need it Well, that's easy for them to Got your freedom and a heart that is filled for me, and I will not let them take it away. Well, you say we don't need it. Well, that's easy for them to say. Well, hold me tight, don't let them put me away. Freedom. You guys, that song just touches my heart because, you know, here's a man who stood up for the plant, got 13, I think 14 years. He should be getting out any time, like within the next six months or so. I think he was on a show about six months ago. He was sentenced to 14 years, and he was on his 13th or something like that, or 12th plus good time. But I remember him saying he had about a year left, so probably about six months or so. And um, yay, Carrie Woosley for being a voice right from behind bars.
the next song we're going to play that he launched from behind bars. And his his song made Billboard charts everywhere. So the, he's a good he's 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 good. Our next one is uh, These Walls Around Me. Check it out. It's from Carrie Lee Woosley. I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming, or maybe just a feeling? For someone to call a friend. I feel a million miles away from this life of mine. Punishments from things done wrong make you do sometimes. You do what you do, thinking what you do will pass somehow. Baby, look at me now. I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming, or maybe just a feeling? Someone to call a friend. Trust me, I am lonely, my privacy is phony. I'm just waiting to feel free. I haven't begun yet to see my first sunset. When I do, can you come with me? Can you come with me? So please don't forget my smiling face and all the good I've done. For this crazy place I'd be there for you No matter what you do No matter who you know Baby, what did you do? I've got these walls around me So tell me how you found me Thought I'd never see your face again And am I just dreaming Or maybe just a feeling With someone to call a friend
Right, you guys, that was Carrie Lee Woosley of These Walls Around Me. That song, just, I don't know what it was. I've got today, these walls around me, so tell me how you... I accidentally pressed it again, but that song, I don't know what it was today. It, it usually brings a tear to my eyes, but it just flooded my eyes with so many tears this morning because you just think about, I just kept thinking about when my dad was in prison and how much I cared about him and how it does seem to a plant prisoner to not have anybody on the outside um, when you lose everything ever that you ever had and have to be put in prison. Anyway, I hope everyone has a beautiful Sunday. Thank you very much for listening to the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show and help us in Prohibition. <laughs>